Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi guys, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. And I'm Andy Murray from What Culture. And coming up today, I'm going to tell you all about Goldberg potentially returning to WWE for WrestleMania season. And on top of that, I'm going to tell you the top WWE star who is in line to get a bodyguard. Plus two huge female stars that could be returning in time for WrestleMania. And more details on WWE stealing one of AEW stars. This is the news. We're going to kick things off by talking about Goldberg, uh, a name everyone always loves to hear. Uh, but there's a report here from Inside the Rope stating that uh, Goldberg wasn't just on WWE Thunderdome this week on, on SmackDown to potentially pop a rating or attract interest levels or whatever. No, no, no. This was apparently their way of putting the wheels in motion for a potential return around Royal Rumble 2020 season or WrestleMania 37. This is according to one of Inside the Rope's sources. Uh, there's actually a direct quote here from one of those sources saying, Vince McMahon couldn't care less what anyone thinks about him using Goldberg, saying that the WWE chairman basically still sees Big Bad Bill as a big drawing card. Now, it's safe to say that Goldberg, at 53 years old, doesn't always provoke, uh, you know, happy, joyous responses when he comes back to WWE. Although, to be fair, you know, they've used him for things like squashing the fiend. Uh, so it's understandable that, that when stuff like that happens, people go, this guy's 53 and he rose to prominence 25 years ago. What the hell's going on? Um, I think with, with Goldberg, what he does is always critical more than him simply just existing. Uh, there are ways to use these veterans without pissing the whole goddamn universe off at once. Uh, the Dolph Ziggler match last year, mm. I think a, a match. He just killed him in 90 <laughs> seconds. Uh, I think that's a good example of how to use Goldberg uh, in the year of our Lord 2020 or 2021 as well. So I've realized that I've said Royal Rumble 2020. It's 2021 next year, Andy, you moron. But Adam Wilborn, what do you think of this? Uh, what a perfect summation of where we are right now. Vince McMahon doesn't care what you think. Um, <laughs> like, I have no doubt that, that Goldberg is a star uh, and, you know, casual wrestling fans would probably be attracted back to the show if they heard that he was on it. And, and there's two sides of him. You know, there's the amazing one that returned and had that series of matches against Brock Lesnar. Um, and then there's the one who had that match with The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. And then, as you mentioned, squashed The Fiend. So, yeah, it depends which version we get of him. I think I'm fine with him coming back and having matches, but he has to be utilised the right way, like you said. And, you know, maybe putting over some up-and-coming talent would be a good idea. And certainly, I'd watch... Especially if they, you know, I don't know, want this to go down at WrestleMania, I should hasten to point out. But if they said, oh, well, we never got the Roman Reigns versus Goldberg match we were promised at last year's WrestleMania. Let's just do it at, 
you know, the Rumble or whatever. I'd love to see that and the Tribal Chief absolutely murder him, Andy. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a really, really good example of a good way to use the dude. And, you know, we were supposed to get that match at uh, WrestleMania 36. Uh, didn't happen because Roman took the time off, obviously. Um, yeah, it'd be really cool. I think the high bar for a Goldberg match these days is probably the Brock Lesnar one at that WrestleMania, right? That, I mean, that was tremendous. It was like four minutes of just bomb, bomb, bomb. Can Goldberg still do that? He hasn't looked as physically capable in recent WWE matches, but he's 53 years old. Um, you know, you know me, I'm a big old Goldberg mark. I love seeing the guy. He could show up tomorrow and squash all my favorite wrestlers and I'd still cheer for him because I'm a, it's like Goldberg. Um, but yeah, it's critical how they use him. That'll yes. determine the reaction. He is the man who should give the final nod to Big E heading to WrestleMania's face for Reigns. And we get our Big E Goldberg match, which is the one we all really want to see. Big man, slapping me. You want your five-star, man. I love that, bro. It's so good. Anyway, uh, talking of WrestleMania 37, big news surrounding two of the biggest female stars in the company, those being Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, according to a new report from WrestlingNews.co's Paul Davis. Both could be back in time, not just for WrestleMania 37, but potentially to main event WrestleMania 37. Of course, they main evented it before alongside Charlotte Flair in that first ever women's main event of WrestleMania triple threat. Uh, but Davis' source is quoted as saying, Vince is hoping for Becky to be back in January or February and start the one-on-one -on -one feud with Ronda. Uh, on top of this, McMahon wants, quote, WrestleMania to be the show that says WWE is back. I mean... I mean, that's kind of out of your hands, considering the way the ongoing global bastard is going. But I like that positivity, Vince. And I like the fact we may actually finally get the one-on-one -on -one feud that we kind of wanted two years ago, Andy. Yeah, I think this would be fun. Um, there's, there's some interesting X factors here, or barriers. Uh, one of them, of course, is the ongoing global bastard. Um, although, theoretically, with that mad governor in Florida opening the state for sporting events, he could do WrestleMania tomorrow if he wanted. Um, although, don't, don't suggest that. Don't give my ideas. Yeah, not sure that would be a good PR move, that one. Um, also, you know, biology exists and Becky Lynch is due in December, so uh, Lord knows how even possible this would be. Uh, but... It's the two biggest women's wrestling names in the company, right? I mean, Becky, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey was a ready-made star when she came in. We were supposed to get this match. Uh, well, we were. it looked like we were supposed yeah. to get this match at WrestleMania 36, and then they flipped it up and put Chaz Flair in there, uh, got the main event and so forth. So for me, it's the must-book women's match in WWE at the moment. And uh, if there's any way to do it physically, global bastardly, whatever, I'd be interested. Just, I'm just really worried now you've said what you've said, that you know, night, tonight is the season premiere of Raw, and next week we're getting Wrestlemania! Oh, brother, 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 three-hour special across <laughs> four weeks, because <laughs> Wrestlemania is 12 hours long. Um, speaking of wrestling, yep, yep. Uh, AJ Styles uh, is the WWE wrestler who's apparently, you know, the, the, they've been throwing ideas around, they've been pitching the idea of the phenomenal one getting himself a bodyguard. In WWE, this report comes to us from Fightful Select, stating that people within the company have pitched the idea of using Jordan Omogbehin, the seven-foot-free giant himself, as uh, AJ's bodyguard going forward on Raw. So Big Jordan has been used in a number of different roles in 2020. He uh, 
was in the Ninja Clan with Akira Tozawa for a while, and that was that was weird and still is weird. Uh, after that, he was used as the doorman, the bouncer for Raw Underground. Very intimidating dude because he's massive. Uh, guarding the door for Shane McMahon and stuff. I've got a lovely picture here of Shane looking like a total goof. Uh, <laughs> but presumably with Raw Underground shutting his doors now for the time being, uh, Big Jordan will be out of big paydays. So this is a guy who attracted a lot of interest uh, when he debuted on the house show circuit last July. He's standing next to two guys who were basically up to his waist. Um, <laughs> he's somebody who, when he walked in, I think a lot of people went, yeah, I mean, Vince is going to push him as soon as he sees him, uh, no matter how green the guy is. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd be in favour of this man. It's a relatively limited role. Uh, AJ's the kind of snivelling heel who'd be good hiding behind this mountain yeah. of a human being. Why not? Uh, do you know what? I'm really into this. Uh, myself, Hamlet and Cedric have made no secret of our fandom of Big George and the fact that we want to see him utilised more like you say they ain't going to book him too bad because look at him and yeah. remember what Vince McMahon does with people like him uh, and I, I like the way they're changing stuff up with AJ Styles look you could just put AJ Styles there out, out there every single week and he would be actually phenomenal regardless of kind of what you gave him but I like him having this bodyguard I really hope they do more with the whole Joseph Park figure because if you've missed some of that, like they did some stuff on it on like Talking Smack and stuff or on like kickoff shows. I, 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 I hope they do more with that because I think he, that's really entertaining as well. To have those two figures who could not be more different, by the way, by his side would be really interesting. Um, but yeah, exciting to see what happens with this, not just with AJ Styles, but with the inevitable match you would presume between AJ and Jordan Amog Behin. Sorry, Jordan. I'm always butchering that surname of yours. Um... Uh, 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 down the down the road because I mean it's gonna happen in it. Let's be honest. Uh, and speaking of new talent in WWE, let's talk a little bit about Ben Carter. You may have seen him featured quite heavily on AEW recently, particularly of course on AEW Dark. So real breakout matches there. Uh, and over the weekend, it seemed like Miro confirmed that instead of signing with AEW, Ben Carter had chosen to sign with WWE. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer sort of followed up on this, um, saying that he basically, Carter had decided to sign with WWE as a result of the ongoing Global Bastard, that decimating the independent scene, which kind of limits, limits Carter's ability to make a, a livable income, despite the fact I've no doubt despite the reports that AEW were paying him to work some some of their dark shows, etc. Um, and also the fact that Ben Carter, which I only just discovered today, has quite a good relationship with a yeah, fairly famous WWE star. Do you remember Seth Rollins? You might remember him. He's the <laughs> SmackDown saviour now. Um, well, yes, that may have played a role. Um, he trained with, with Seth Rollins uh, at his Black and Brave Academy. I think this is a hell of a coup for WWE, snatching Ben Carter out from under AEW's nose. Yeah, I think it's a hell of a signing. The guy is tremendous. Uh, we saw that in his match with Scorpio Sky. Fantastic pro wrestler. Doesn't just do the immediate eye-catching, dazzling agility stuff really well, but bumps and sells really well as well, and that bodes well for him going forward. I've just said the word well about seven times in that sentence, but hey, here we are. Um, thing with Ben Carter, I've said this before, is that ideally, if this was the market five years ago, this, this fellow would have another three or four years on the indies, right, to, to grind and work relentlessly and pick up more seasoning before eventually committing to a contract and uh, developing in a developmental system or whatever. But 
the, the, the bastard exists and the indie scene isn't really doing a whole lot at the moment, apart from like the collective and GCW and stuff. Uh, so opportunities for him to make a livable wage are very low. Uh, that may have accelerated his process. Also, companies are really hungry for young upcoming stars. Uh, anyone who catches the faintest whiff of buzz is going to get snapped up. And here's Ben Carter now seemingly on his way to WWE. I think a lot of people looked at this like, you know, maybe people who are bigger AEW fans than they are WWE and went, oh no, why'd you go there, pal, blah, blah, blah. End of the day, folks, if they've made him a better offer and he thinks it's better for him, we can't criticise his decision. If you saw me, by the way, looking off camera there and Googling something while Sandy was talking, I was just trying to find out how tall Ben Carter is because my prediction for him inside WWE is Big Ben, the wrestling clock. Uh, <laughs> and yes, before you get into it, I know Big Ben is actually the bell, but it doesn't work. That's crap. It's a better joke if I do that. And it's probably believable considering WWE. Anyway, let's move on to your Twitter questions. At what culture WWE, of course, if you want to get in touch with us. Rico Red starts us off saying, with Braun and Bray being on Raw, are WWE almost forced to make the Reigns-Uso feud long term? I don't see a, see a feud after Hell in a Cell that makes sense with no established faces. Daniel Bryan just returned and Big E should be saved for later. I think Daniel Bryan is one you can absolutely do just after Hell in a Cell. Like, I don't necessarily think that that is something that needs this mega, mega, mega build. I think it would get by on the quality of the matches and the promos alone. And with those two, I think that quality would be very, very high. So I don't necessarily think so. I could definitely see them doing that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and it might benefit the Tribal Chief storyline eventually. Who knows? But uh, no, I think Daniel Bryan's quite ready-made to slot into like a, you know, a one-off challenger role. I can understand where you're coming from with this question, Rico, but I think it's fairly definitive once someone says, I quit inside of a Hell in a Cell match, yeah. which is what Jey Uso <laughs> is going to be forced to do by the Tribal Chief. But let's not forget, the pay-per-view after this, if my maths is correct, is Survivor Series. So it's not like you have to have a feud uh, against someone on SmackDown there. You just have the inevitable match between Roman Reigns and the WWE Champion, who, of course, after Sunday, is going to be Otis. It's going to be Otis. He's cashing in on Sunday. Get ready, because this is going to happen. When have I ever been wrong? Um, so we're having that. And then you've got, like, what, TLC before um, before the new year, basically? I'd have I'd have just a match against Kevin Owens, because it'd just be bonkers and great, probably. And then you have Brian at the Rumble, as much as I just booked him against Goldberg, but you want really Brian at the Rumble. And then Big E at WrestleMania. There you go, WWE, job, job, did your job for you there. Adam Smith, second question of the day. Adam says, great first name, by the way, Adam. Uh, now, AW, uh, AW's first year is in the bag. What tops your list of things you want to see in year two? Mine is the rise of dazzling mid-carders like Ricky Starks and Anna Jay. Oh, a lot of different things. A lot of them contingent on the bastard going away. Things like Pac coming back. The bastard going away so the actual bastard yes. can come back. That would be great. Um, yeah, no, I would like to see... Uh, kind of one of the, the the not so big names in the promotion rise up and take a title uh, and have a nice little reign with that. I want to see Darby Allen win the TNT title. I want to see Ricky Starks get in there as well, like you said, a Jungle Boy perhaps. Yeah. Um, but most of all, I want to see the return of the best bout machine. I want to see Kenny Omega in full singles flow. He hasn't really been in that so far. And, you know, he's had great singles matches here and there, but it's been by design. Uh, we know that the first year of AEW was more about Kenny doing the tag thing and telling this story with Hangman. I feel like season two, year two of AEW, the guy's just going to hit peak NJPW form again, and I want to see that. Yeah, I think like long term, you obviously want to see an improvement in the women's division, which is easily done. You literally just make Britt Baker your world champion because <laughs> she's amazing. Did you not see what she did with Tony Schiavone last week? And then, you know, more immediately than that, 
as in literally the next month or so, I want to see FTR versus the Young Bucks. Sort out this whole the Young Bucks are dickheads thing because you want them to be not necessarily pure babyfaces, but a lot more babyface than they are uh, against FTR when they fight for the, the tag titles. And then, yeah, Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega, eventually leading to Kenny Omega becoming world champion. Although I say that, and of course, the person who should be world champion right now is a man who's never lost a singles match in AEW, that being my best friend, MJF. But he's probably going to take the inner circle away from Chris Jericho this week after they have a bloody steak dinner. Uh, final question today comes from Christian Grant, who says, given the history and after the draft, could you see WWE booking a battle of the Claymore versus the Brogue Kick? Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense from a history standpoint. It makes sense as, you know, maybe like a challenger of the month kind of deal. Because, you know, like Sheamus, I think is really underrated, but he's not a guy you need to have in a lengthy title program. Uh, and also, I think it'd be a really good match because, again, Sheamus, man, you talk about most underrated wrestler in WWE, right? And everyone will go, oh, like Ricochet and stuff. But everyone knows how good Ricochet is. Yeah. That's the thing. Sheamus gets ripped on by like half the fan base who think he sucks. That dude does not suck, brothers and sisters. His weekly standard is very, very high indeed, and I think that'd be a quality match. Especially someone like TLC, be mint, especially considering Sheamus' history at TLC, of course. Anyway, let's move on to today's, and finally, and um, it probably should be every single day that I just read something out off of Sami Zayn's Twitter, but I'm going to do it again today. Uh, this is a hell of a rollercoaster retweet. People think WWE is this international media giant, Sami tweeted, whose goal is to not only turn massive profits, but to bring joy to millions of fans worldwide. And while all that is true, it's actually secondary to its main objective, which is to disrespect Sami Zayn every chance they get. He uh, did this whilst uh, sharing the new opening for SmackDown, which doesn't feature the, the Intercontinental Champion. And he's not on that banner they have up at WWE.com for SmackDown either. Put some respect on Sami Zayn's name, WWE. I'm not right there, Andy. You're absolutely right there, and shout-outs to Sami for Syria as well. Sami Zayn, not only one of the best bastards on TV, one of the greatest dudes off it. Just, just put him on TV all the time. He's so good. He's so good! Anyway, what are we doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, let us know your thoughts on that and all of today's news stories in the comment section below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And subscribe to What Cool Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and the Daddy Boys previewing the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. What a load of bollocks later on today. Uh, let us know your thoughts and Twitter questions at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there, follow both of us. You can follow Andy Murray at... At Andy H. Murray. The H stands for Happy Birthday, Tony Storm. Oh, happy birthday, Tony Storm. Good to see you back in NXT. Yeah. Follow me at Adam Wilbur. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.